0: My name is Drew Burris, author, dreamweaver, visionary, plus podcaster. Honestly, I couldn't come up with anything more clever than that for this intro. But here we go talking about Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. hello everybody welcome back to your new favorite podcast the more you nerd my name is drew yeah that's the new catchphrase for the show miles um
1: i i coined it
0: earlier today
1: over 400 episodes in but why not hey it's your
0: <laughs> new favorite uh and we're here to talk about my birthday yeah <gasps> oh i'm sweet so we are old. I'm so old.
1: yes uh Drew's birthday was this past week. I hope you had a good one, sir.
0: It was all right it's
1: uh and so for drew's birthday oh
0: yeah, it was, it's more. a it's a little complicated when you're uh when your birthday's in the middle of the week in the middle of a uh of a
1: major pandemic where uh, you can't really go and do anything <laughs> that that that'll do it <laughs> <laughs> but um nonetheless, I still hope it was a, a good one um i I think I know you. We're able to imbibe some fancy beverages a little bit a little bit and for for the podcast we are watching uh honestly a a shift in in birthday challenges because this was not something that drew had previously seen but it was something that he had wanted to see and quite frankly i kind of knew that he was going to love this anyway um so,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's been on my list for a very long time. And same the the, the cast involved and the crew involved are, are all, you know, responsible for a number of things that that I that I love. Uh, and oh,
1: 100 percent that these the the uh, the British comedians and actors involved have been in so many things, often intertwining that are so I mean, obviously, I was older when I saw a lot of these things, but still so formative to the development of or the further development of my sense of humor.
0: Yes, for sure. I mean, and this show was out in 2004. If I had been able to watch this show in 2004. Oh, my gosh. Imagine how many times I've I gone through this.
1: Because uh, yeah, well, for those who don't know, Drew and I went to college together at close to the same time. I think he was a year ahead of me. This this show came out in 2004. So I, I remember this was a time when certain clips would circulate widely. Old Greg, for example, like caught our campus on fire.
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, old and, Greg.
1: Uh, did you ever drink Baileys out of a shoe? Like that whole thing. Right. <laughs> I, I, so many people quoted it which, all the time. And I do remember, I think, one which, little bit. And,
0: and, and we should say... The old Greg is from a show called The Mighty Boosh. We have covered it on The Morey Nerd like six years ago. I don't know when we covered it.
1: <laughs> and also, uh, the main main act actors in that show appear on this one.
0: Yes. Anyway, sorry to interrupt.
1: So, I I I, I have always been aware of it. Uh, a lot of horror personalities uh, re- reference it frequently. I actually didn't know. That uh, the woman who plays Liz is in fact someone I have seen many, many times and is in (laughs) fact a a writer director of a very popular feminist horror film that came out in 2016. And. I just never made the connection, I mean, because I hadn't seen the show. So the entire time I'm I'm thinking this woman looks so familiar and I don't know why. (laughs) And it's like, oh, I've seen her in that film. I've seen her in that film. Oh, I've seen her. that. Oh, she directed that. Interesting. So it's been a um, it's been a fun little adventure. This show is interesting because as much as it plays into things that I love, it also utilizes things that I'm less into. And I know that, Drew, that you're more into. I I would I would hazard a guess that Tim and Eric very much love this show.
0: Yeah, which is funny because I'm not a Tim and Eric guy. I don't know. I'm
1: not a Tim and Eric guy. I never. M- M- I, that's right. Mike's Mike's the Tim and Eric Mike guy is a,
0: is a Tim and Eric guy. So let's get into it. Garth Moringi's Dark Place is a 2004 TV series that lampoons the 1980s sort of TV dramas, specifically being set
1: in the Dark Place Hospital, which is. Uh, and you know what I thought this was a parody of? And I guess it still could be because this show, that show was also a remake. But I, I thought it was a, a, a parody of Stephen King's Kingdom Hospital.
0: And it may but be. But that
1: show came on the same year. Oh, wow. <laughs> However, Kingdom Hospital is a remake of Lars von Trier's The Kingdom, which was a 13-episode series in the 90s. So I, it still could be that sort of thing because they were also making fun of that time in the 80s where they would utilize an author as a master of something. And which they still do today, but you know, like oh, master of horror, Stephen King presents something, or amazing stories by Steven Spielberg, stuff like that. Like there, there were there was this propensity to always have author's name and then this thing that was often low budget and often very kind of fluffing to the author.
0: And Garth Marenghi definitely falls into that because the other half Mm -hmm. of the show is that it's not just the parody of the of a of an eighties series drama, it is also a present day accounting and documentary style look at that show hosted
1: by Garth Marenghi himself <laughs> which i wish i will say i wish there was a little bit more of that
0: it's i mean there were only six episodes, and the episodes are only twenty five to 29 five yeah, they're very long, short so it, it, however, this show is based on a number of stage shows. That the that the the, the, uh, the at least two members of the cast, Matthew Holness, who plays Garth Marenghi and Richard Ayawade. Yes, Moss from the IT crowd and um, one of my um, favorite comedians, a um, hundred thousand other things that everybody loves as Garth's publisher, Dean Lerner. They did a stage show featuring these two characters uh, and eventually a talk show sequel, which I now want to go find called Man to Man with Dean Lerner, which is. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm ridiculous. not going to lie. Uh, Dean Lerner and, and his uh, his acting were some of my favorite parts of this entire show. <laughs> yes, because there were so many little subtle things they did to. Elevate. That character that I just I fell in love with.
0: Yeah. So so in so the four principal cast members are Matthew Holness as Garth Marenghi, who on the show plays Dr. Rick Daglas, M.D. He's a, a veteran of the Vietnam and Falklands Wars and a former warlock. <laughs> <laughs> he. uh he, they, they. Uh, then you have Richard Iwade as Garth's publisher, Dean Lerner, who plays a character Thornton Reed in the show, who is the sort of the the hospital administrator, the director of the hospital. But uh, <laughs> does his acting in the show is terrible, <laughs> and there's a lot of weird cuts it's, it's and constant so looks good. to the camera. Of course, next up we've got Alice Lowe as Madeline Wool, who plays. Dr. Liz Asher, who is a new uh doctor that sometimes has psychic powers. Uh she went to Harvard College Yale and got an A in all of her classes. But uh she is also a woman and they make a lot of of very you know obvious jokes that are about her being a woman in the 1980s and her obsession with makeup and they make fun of her a lot. It is done knowing that like it's it's not like it's actually making those jokes. I'm, I'm failing to describe what I'm talking about here, Miles. But uh,
1: it's satirizing the misogyny of the way characters were written at the time. Thank you.
0: That that is what I was trying to get to. And of course, rounding out the cast, maybe my favorite, uh, my favorite of 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 many, many lifetimes. Matt Barry uh, of Matt Berry of IT crowd fame of what we do in the shadows fame of.
1: Host of London. Host I mean, of just,
0: London just fame. Matt Berry of Matt Berry fame. Matt Berry of Matt Berry fame. P- <laughs> uh, playing a character Todd Rivers, who plays Dr. Lucian
1: Sanchez. I love that Matt Berry kind of plays the same kind of character in everything. And it's always absolutely wonderful.
0: If you want, like, I love Matt Berry for his trademark just delivery of
1: things he'll hold
0: he'll hold uh uh sentences he'll go up and down and and hold on it's so good it's so good and this is one of the earliest depictions of that because this is pre it crowd this is uh this is is obviously pre a lot of other things that we would have seen him in um and just Man, he's so young in this. <laughs> like he's thin. It's weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's wonderful. Um I like Richard Iowana, he's one of my favorite working comedians. And I mean, I love that he is getting even more success uh here with what we do in the shadows, which is legit one of the best comedies, period.
0: <laughs> I'm reading here, and I didn't notice this when I watched the episodes, that all of, of Todd's lines, all of Sange, as they call him, all of his lines are looped in in and (laughs) posts. So (laughs) Matt Barry apparently that's uh, overdid all of the the uh, vocal performances.
1: that, That happens a lot in this show. A lot of Liz's lines were that way too, and I noticed it would go in and out. That some some things were taken from the mic on set and some things were clearly dubbed because in the 80s a lot of lines were dubbed like that so i, w- I, I would get what they were doing but sometimes it was very distracting <laughs> i would
0: hazard to say that 90% of those are intentional
1: um, oh 100% so th- and this is
0: and this is just where we where we start the show because in every episode there're only six you've got a number of of pretty fun uh, Guest characters, (laughs) some that you may not may not expect. Uh, So let's let's get into the episodes. Uh, (laughs) Once upon a beginning, where Doctor Liz Asher arrives at the Dark Place Hospital, where a mysterious cat portends disaster. Doctor Rick Douglas, MD, must act in time to prevent an unspeakable evil from leaking out of a portal to a hellmouth that exists underneath. The dark, the dark place hospital.
1: I I do love like I love some of the subversions of of some of these horror tropes where like you know Liz faints at the beginning of this episode and someone says Are you okay? And she goes Not really. <laughs> and it's 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 totally not what usually happens. And I I I loved little things like that. Uh, and that happens right after a one of those whole dead comedic moment so long that's not funny, and then it goes back to being funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my my favorite line from this show is, "I'm a big girl now. In a year's time, I'll be a woman." Because <laughs> I'm thinking about the line, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's one of those lines that you like you you let you let happen, and then you kind of like pause, and you're like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, this and there's a lot of that in this show. <laughs> there's a lot of that in the show, and there's also the leaning
0: into the the. Uh, tropey jokes at the end of (laughs) at the end of an episode where they're all laughing. (laughs) Uh, We'll get into some of those uh, because I I didn't take as good of notes as Miles did, apparently.
1: Um, Uh, No, no, no. I took very minimal notes. I just happened to mention mine first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this episode also features Julian Barrett, who is one of the two members of the Mighty Boosh as the the priest of the hospital. Is,
1: it's so good. It's so good. Um, I I always like watching him work because his his delivery is so specifically different, I feel like, than everyone else's. And it's because he's usually the most like the 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 generally self-serious person of the group. Yeah. And he's a little bit outside of that wheelhouse in this particular episode. But that's why I appreciate sure about him in the muddy boosh. And he's. I don't think he gets enough credit for the stuff that he does. And so I I was happy to see him here.
0: Yeah, this this episode, again, I probably should have made better notes. as we did this just because I was so wrapped up in watching the show that I I, uh,
1: I'm failing. Um, Well, I mean, you have lines like, you know, (laughs) hi, first of all. I don't know if this is ever how you would apply for a, a doctor's position, but Hi, I've come to apply for the doctor's job. I can assure you my credentials are top notch. I've just graduated from Harvard College, Yale. I've aced every semester and got an A. <laughs> and it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I I I love that kind of stuff, but I think Dean Lerner is wonderful. I th- I think that... Richard it plays this character so well because they establish early on that he's not an actor and so throughout the entire show you'll have him like give like he's supposed to be looking at Garth and you'll see him kind of a split second like look at the camera from the he side
0: looks at the camera so much it's, it's so, much. so great
1: or he'll like he'll deliver his lines in a, in a purposely terrible way that work so well
0: and there's there's all these cuts where all of a sudden he's being shot from a slight like clearly they cut out a middle part of the tape or he's suddenly in a completely different uh, standing location and none of the other actors are around because it's the 12th take and they've had to to back up so they could get something for him to work with.
1: Yeah, I, I it's wonderful. I this is an aspect of the show that I I appreciate greatly. I, I think my biggest but, like I said, I'm not a big Tim and Eric fan. and there's a it's a surreal a surreal quality of this that leans that way. However, there is so much about this show, and there's so many people in this show that I'm super, super into. But I think with this show, I think sometimes one, it's a repeat viewing kind of show. I think that the next time I see it, I'm gonna be laughing more. I'm gonna yeah. be enjoying it more. But it's also a show that I have to be in a specific mood to to be into. Um, because I I think and I was this way with the IT crowd. I remember the first time I watched the first episode I absolutely hated it.
0: I don't think I think the IT crowd is pretty good at first. I don't think it gets really good until
1: the second season. No, I, I agree. I'm just saying I remember the first time it came on Netflix and it was the first season that I don't think the other ones had come out and I was like oh what's this and I watched the first episode and I was like I don't like this at all and it wasn't until I'd say a year later. Or it may have been when the two of when you and Mike did it and I revisited it. I I feel like I liked it before then. But still, it was it was years later that I would come back to it. So some of this stuff, I think, needs to be watched again. And while I watched all of Garth Meringue and enjoyed it, I think that I wouldn't appreciate it. As much as I will in the future until I watch it again
0: yeah I, I think there's something to that because because there's because in the beginning there's there's i'm sure there's reference references or background things that like it it took me too long to realize that there's a guy that is in every episode of this show as a
1: different character <laughs> yeah and and part of that is me not knowing some of the characters some yeah. part of that is me you know coming in so fresh and a show like this is doing so many things um uh, i i know that uh one of the things that we had read mentioned about how you know they've been real big fans of Hammer horror, and that's very very clear with some of the stuff they are are lampooning and doing. But they're going more into, into science fiction in terms of the content of these episodes. There's there's very little. There's a couple horror tropes, but we've got eye babies and broccoli people and <laughs> Scottish ghosts, <laughs> the Scotch mist. <laughs> well, the Scotch mist is mm nah, perfect yeah so let's get let's get into episode two
0: hell hath fury so at at the hospital there is a long line for lunch in the lunchroom as this as there the chef is struggling to make this chicken and it's so weird because he's never has his face to the camera but you hear everything he's saying because it's all overdubbed it's all it's all uh uh, uh looped in <laughs> after the fact uh, and, and about about the chicken and and all of this and then he comes out and and because it's taking so long dag <laughs> just knocks liz's tray out of her hands and then <laughs> and then storms off and then she picks it up and of course when the tray hits the ground nothing falls off of it it's just like like the, the silverware is glued to it perfect uh and then of course the chef comes over and knocks the tray out of her hand too and this is when we learn that liz has telekinetic powers. whoa
1: whoa whoa whoa! whoa. i got two words for you drew (laughs) telekinesis so (laughs) silly there are yeah there, there are these dumb jokes that they spring in there that i really really love and it's it's stuff that typically i would expect Matt Barry to to pull off, because it's very much like uh, something similar to what his character in what we do in the shadows might say. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Douglas is 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 great because I th- I think him being a little more understated on stage than than Matt Barry is works with his deliveries.
0: Yeah, apparently, um, uh, Douglas's Dag- voice is is uh, pitched to be somewhere between the area of Kent and boring. <laughs> he talks very plainly, very kind of. I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm going to butcher this. I don't know why I'm and, even
1: trying. There is a recurring joke. I, I don't know if it happens in every episode, but it happens frequently where Douglas Visits a dying child that he miraculously <laughs> saved and has this like what's supposed to be a parody of those inspiring conversations you'd see in eighties in hospital shows, and oh man, they are wonderful.
0: The the first line out of the kid is always "Thanks for saving my life."
1: <laughs> oh no, or he'll say, "Don't thank me." <laughs> <laughs> Um I, I think one of my fa- favorites, uh it's like, what's your name, son? It's actually from this episode. Uh Cla- it's a strange name for an American. I'm from Bermuda. Oh, that explains it. British Principality. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that,
0: that's that's not the kid. That's the the guest star. That's the temp.
1: Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's a temp. That's a temp. Um, I'm trying to think of there's a similar conversation he has with a kid that's because he has that he has the same conversation several times. Um but yeah, there there are I like that there are consistent things they do in almost every episode. And 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 that that's one of them that there's always that one guy who seems to agree with everything that Dagless says. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name. Is it Jim? Is that his name? Jim. It's Jim. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. So
0: but this episode I love because the the whole time they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on, despite the fact that they can see that Liz is like freaking out and they're zooming in on her face and all of that. But things start floating around the hospital and. uh, (laughs) So you've got Lucien Sanchez, Dag, and the temp uh, Clive going into the basement of the hospital to figure out what's going on and fighting a bunch of 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 things that that like are just floating around like it's a spatula, it's an egg beater and it's a uh 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 i forget what the other one is <laughs> and it's just it's it's just matt berry doing fake karate moves to try to attack these floating utensils but to which point he just pulls out a gun and shoots randomly into the air. And then the gun starts floating away. So he pulls out another gun to shoot oh, no, the, gun. the
1: gun. Yeah, the gun tries to shoot him.
0: Yeah. Ugh, beautiful. But it's, it's a wonderful scene that Matt Barry just <laughs> delivers. Yeah,
1: yeah I, and, that, and that's the great thing is I think you have a handful of great comedians Firing on all cylinders. And that's what, this is, a, a, under less capable hands, or hands that thought they were more capable than they were, this show could have been an absolute disaster. Easily. Because when you're doing something like this, especially making fun of or or satirizing something that's uh, supposed to be low budget, you have to walk this fine line of getting the the tone and the style just right, but also getting that that degree of comedy just right. And for, for the most part, this show succeeds in that because there is some stuff that doesn't quite land. But I feel like in, in someone else's hands, this could have been a complete misfire.
0: <laughs> and the episode that almost was episode three. Skipper the eye child.
1: Uh, so this has a great scene. <laughs> you about the opening? Do
0: <laughs> it. Well, so so we should. So the opening scene of this is um a one-eyed like it's a giant eyeball monster that's furry that is um how do I say this on on our, our PG-rated podcast, Miles?
1: Uh, So uh, there is a creature that impregnates a patient who has a rapid birth. And Garth decides that uh, this creature is just a misunderstood mutant child and wants to protect and save it.
0: So there is this this episode is interesting because we get some more of Garth's personal life. So Garth is married and has three daughters or four daughters. I can't remember how many daughters he has.
1: And one late son who was like part grasshopper.
0: Well, no, you, that, that's 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 Dag's character in the show that has the, uh, the you, you cut out for a second. So I couldn't hear what you said. But uh, so Garth, h- as a character, has nothing but daughters. And he sets this whole thing up about how he wrote this episode about, about his underlying desire to have a son. <laughs> but so so we learned that uh, that Dag has a son that's passed away who is half human. And half grasshopper.
1: (laughs) My favorite, one of my favorite moments in this episode is when he's singing to the swaddled eye baby on the rooftop of the hospital, and he gets this vision of his child, and the child goes like, "Daddy, don't forget me." God's like, "I haven't, but you're dead. You have a little brother now." And someday we'll meet in Valhalla. It's the delivery of I haven't, but you're dead.
0: And someday we'll meet. In Valhalla,
1: <laughs> just it's one of my favorite. Well, I don't know why that line cracks me up so much, but it's so good. It, it, and another part of those flashbacks, because there are these filmed
0: flashbacks with Dag and this wife that we never see and is never referenced in any other material. Uh, in this half i'm just sad we never
1: saw we never saw wonton who apparently owns or runs this hospital
0: we'll get into wonton which is <laughs> uh, uh richard Iwate's complaints about wonton will be on my back you know all these, yeah. all these things anyway it's it's so great But, uh, <laughs> but so so dag is is play is talking about you know playing games with his son and I always beat him. He wasn't ever old enough to beat me. but i but every time he faced those defeats, he learned something. just very, very funny to me. You guys go watch this show i'm I'm doing a terrible job of of explaining it, but i the thing
1: is this episode it's good because it's got some solid lines. It's honestly, the episode itself is okay. Yeah. I, I think the the meat maybe story does drag a little bit. But because of specific lines and moments in the episode, it's it's kind of buoyed by that. But I honestly think the A plot of this is not that great. It starts off strong, but I feel like it kind of it kind of peters out
0: yeah, a little it, bit. It, it, it is made up for in, in, in two things for me. One is this is the first time we get to see a car in this show. And when I say a car, it is literally a golf cart with a bunch of buttons attached to it that is driven in what is clearly just an empty soundstage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as lights are flashed by to make it look like it's going. Um, and, and of course, the end where we find out what happens to Skipper, the eye child, which I don't know. I think that might have been done
1: better, but. I mean, par- that part of it was it's f- the a- they had to they had to land on something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, the, conceptually, this episode's fine. I think there's some really strong stuff at the beginning. I feel like it loses its, its it runs out of gas pretty quickly. Yeah, Um. it's one of the weaker episodes overall, I think, of the show. Um, and I thought the next episode was going to be my least favorite because this kind of stuff just. Ape stuff just isn't my thing, <laughs> but because it's such a, a great piss take on this sort of story and even like Planet of the Apes, I I had a lot of fun with this <laughs> one.
0: So there is a mysterious illness. This is episode four of the Apes of Wrath. Uh, there is a mysterious illness that's spreading through Dark Place uh, that all the viewers can tell it's because they're drinking green water out of all of the the water jugs uh which is causing the causing everyone uh doctors and patients alike to revert to an earlier genetic state <laughs> so Sanj, uh drinks some of this green water and then <laughs> the camera changes and they they go back and he's just like a he's an ape man <laughs> it's, it's <laughs>
1: but he's still acting exactly the same it's it's, but he can't do something he has a patient diet surgery he goes not my fault monkey bastard hands (laughs) 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 and it's it's just mixing words like that just make the the delivery so funny yes
0: it's 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 really it's really really good and so Dag has to figure out what's causing people to to become primates. And the the explanation for why they did this episode, when you think about, you know. A virus that happened in the 80s. Uh, like it's a, it's a really bad AIDS allegory is what this whole thing
1: is. It's supposed to be, though. It's and, to and this be. is where sometimes the satire can. Fall on deaf ears, because I some there there are people that would not appreciate this and that's fine but i don't think it's meant to be as salacious as some people might think i th- i think they are legitimately satirizing how a show like this that is so self-important would a uh, quote unquote attempt to take on aids and, and to be and, so
0: and to be so high and mighty about it i believe uh Right, I believe, I believe Garth Marenghi even says something like, "The only two people who handled this are me and Princess Di," and it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes, there's,
1: and I, I, I think that that's what makes this episode work so well. Is it's the, it's that meta satire that they're doing, and sometimes I, I can see it's not that people don't get it. Is I, I can see why that delivery may not work for some people, and that's fine. Um, this is also where we first get some some dark uh, possibilities outside of the show, uh, because this is the first time dealer says, you know, it's so hard to watch this episode, knowing now that she's missing presumed dead. And that's that's Liz, the actress that plays Liz <laughs> in the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Madeline Wool is the actress yeah, Madeline in the Wool. show.
1: But-, but it also has one of my favorite lines in the show from this very same uh speech but then again she was like a candle in the wind unreliable <laughs> <laughs> and that line is i like i said i think that's the best line of the show i think that i texted line you is is that line the
0: second i heard it i just <laughs> it's
1: so good I, I i want that on a t-shirt just like a candle in the wind unreliable, unreliable. so good it's it's a great line. And that's I think there, there are things like this that even when an episode is kind of chugging along and because I can see someone not being a fan of any one of these episodes, but still kind of like the show, there are little gems like that in every single show. And so even though like I sometimes am a little tepid on the show, as soon as I, th- I think that something like that happens or we get the Scottish mist and all is forgiven because that episode is excellent
0: <laughs> so episode five scotch mist a mist descends upon dark place and dag has to act fast to protect all the english people who are in danger from the scotch mist <laughs> it's such it's such a silly premise it's uh, and this this episode it, this episode is notable because of Garth Marenghi just overt distaste for Scottish
1: people. <laughs> well, it's Daglases.
0: But if you watch Garth Marenghi's thing, he he goes off about Scotland. And he's like, no, I mean, he says, I've had- I love
1: Scotland, you know, I'll take the high road. I'll take the low road. I think both are valid. <laughs> But, it's, but he, it's Dag that goes into the whole thing about Scotland.
0: Oh, but but if you go back into the early parts of the episode, Garth is saving face a little bit because he's pretty pretty rough on Scotland at the very beginning of the episode. Well,
1: I th- so I think that's also because they are trying to make fun of a show that has been racially insensitive. And so that's what they're kind of teasing at. Doing mm. so, I think, in the best way because you know, there it's one group of white people making fun of another group of white people, even though there's a lot of historical context, that's the English mistreated a lot of people around them. But. um I think that that's what they're going for here. Yeah, is they're going for someone who thinks that they are making a commentary about racism, even though they're being horrible at it. <laughs>
0: It's so it's so funny when the scotch mist rolls in and and, and as it affects Dag, he gets red hair and he, he no longer wears pants.
1: <laughs> um, you, and that that causes him to say in the in the uh, in the documentary portions. Listen to me. I'm not prejudiced, all right. That's what I'm saying. I am not prejudiced, but Joe Public is you probably are. You look like a dropout. Point being, I wrote this to heal Britain. Like that, so that kind of attitude is it, it, exactly. And it's it's definitely that kind of we are the world type of thing that some people think they are doing and they're doing the exact opposite. And I, again, like under under less capable hands, this kind of meta commentary would not work. This kind of satire would not work. But you have people who are legitimately taking the piss out of not only themselves but tv in in general and that kind of hollywood self-important mentality and running away with it and i think that's what makes this show succeed um nothing succeeds more i think to me than a specific moment in the creeping moss from the shores well, of Shagath. I have
0: to, I have to call out one thing from Scotch myth. Sure. Go for it, buddy. So this episode guest stars, uh, a uh, an actor mostly known as a director, Paul King, Paul King. Yes. Associate produced this show. Uh, he d- co-directed or directed a lot of the, he associate directed most of the show. He directed the mighty boosh. All of mighty boosh. He directed all of mighty boosh. He directed, uh, a number of of things, um, but maybe most known for Paddington and Paddington
1: too so amazing. I love that i I love this connection and it also makes it makes perfect sense watching both Paddington and Paddington Two. There was a specific kind of humor, and it's not that the It's the same thing, but with kindness. I know that sounds very, very weird.
0: I get it. I get it. It's it's it is it is that that. There's a genuineness to a lot of this in the background of everything, even though they're telling two very different tales and doing very different things.
1: I just even even when we did the episode on Paddington, (laughs) I did not expect (laughs) or Paddington two, rather for whatever reason i didn't bother to look up his entire filmography and didn't realize oh gosh his his origins are in like british comedy like gold
0: yeah like just the same guy who did paddington 2 directed old greg right like and that's are you kidding wild me? to <laughs> me the the highest rated movie on rotten tomatoes and old greg Have a have a single person (laughs) responsible.
1: (laughs) I I I love that, and I think that again, this this I mean, even though this is early in in all of their careers, I think it lends credence to the idea that these these people were more than capable to handle this kind of show, and I think that's why this show has such a staying power amongst. Especially people who work in the industry, because again, like I said, I've heard this show brought up so many times in in horror personalities. That I listen to a lot. They bring up uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and well, one time they brought it up when they were talking about Prevenge and where they had known her from, and I just blanked out because <laughs> they started talking about this this show. So there, there, there is a a level of amazingly intelligent writing happening in this show that walks such a fine line because you could easily screw this up in every single thing they're trying to do.
0: And that's the thing about when you're trying to write something intentionally bad or intentionally off kilter, you just have to walk that line because it has to feel like it's not intentionally bad.
1: Yeah. Even if you know it is, it just still has to read that way, right? Yeah, or, or even if you're like, even if it's tongue in cheek. It, it, it has to be done a certain way. There has to be some sort of authenticity about it. Mm. And, and this show absolutely has that. Um, but I do I do want to go into <laughs> the best moment. And I, I've said this several times, but the best moment. Of the entire show. (laughs) And we talked about this before the podcast started recording.
0: Oh, we watched it again. We each watched it again. So the episode six, the final episode of the show, the creeping moss from the shores of Shugoth. Sanja's life is in danger when a patient has come down with a, a an infection of extraterrestrial origin that is turning her into broccoli. Dag has to try to save his friend and the world from this alien broccoli infection. Uh, Miles is Miles has muted himself. He's laughing so hard right now.
1: So I there are so many great lines in this episode, including you're the most sensitive man I know, and I know God. (laughs)
0: That is, of course, uh, Julian Barrett returning as the the priest in the hospital. Yes,
1: but but the the moment we were talking about, and I don't know we're skipping, but there is a music video in in this episode performed by the actors, and it is nothing short of majestic.
0: It is called "One Track Lover." You can find it isolated uh,
1: on YouTube. I, I highly recommend you pause even if you didn't watch the show and watch that because it is amazing.
0: If you like Matt Barry, because uh, if you've watched Toast of London, which is Matt Barry's show that often has musical interludes, musical cuts, um, it feels like that, but just... It's it's this is the early bits. This is the 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 beginnings of that career and just it is so fun <laughs> to watch. There is a rap.
1: Ugh. Oh, it's uh oh. I I I I almost wanted you to soundboard this, but it's it's a little bit long to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh there's another line that I do love and it's, it's at the beginning. It's during uh Garth Marenghi he he Introduces every episode and. The way he introduces this one, because it's about this love story between Sanchez and this woman, and he says, I've always loved the great tragedies. King Lear, the Poseidon adventure, Superman, (laughs) And (laughs) That's kind of straight delivery is uh, it's it's. You can't you're, you're, beat that.
0: You're reminding me of one of my favorite lines that Garth says. Uh, I want to say it's in episode two or three. He's looking at the camera and is like, I'm Garth Marenghi, horror author. I'm one of the few authors that's written more books than he's ever read.
1: <laughs> I think that's the first episode, is isn't
0: it? I can't remember. Just it's a perfect delivery of of exactly who this character is.
1: Yes. It it, it absolutely is. And and, 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 and it
0: goes it goes further in this episode because all of these things have been, you know, all of these things have been supposedly horror writing. But in this, he talks about how he dips into writing things like sci-fi and erotica in order to keep his horror moves sharp.
1: (laughs) Yes. And. I. I. I think what makes this show really work for me is is that that specific dialogue, like saying King Lear and then following up with the Poseidon adventure and Superman two, but delivered with that with such pomposity. Yeah, of certainty in what he's saying. And I that kind of uh, absurdity works very, very well for me. And. Well. We haven't gone too much into some of the some of the things like like we I briefly mentioned about you know Dean Dean Lerner's character constantly brings up wonton and especially in this one because uh they're they're trying to get this thing under under control and he says if wonton gets wind of this my arse is grass and he's the lawnmower you dig <laughs> and 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 I I love that some of these lines are so they're so purposely bad but they're also they're bad in a way that you can see someone in the in the '80s would have written this. I, I've, we've all seen plenty of of bad '80s television and plenty of good '80s television, but we've seen some really obvious writing. And I love that they 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 continue to do this consistently throughout the entire show. Is they deliver that, but there's always a little twist, and it's not always just comedy. It's just there are things they do with that language that works so well, yeah. and and part of it is, I think for me, not always that the line is bad, but that that Dean Lerner as as Reed is supposed to be such an awful actor, and delivering even the most innocent of lines comes off as hilarious. <laughs>
0: He's so bad in in the show, but then they do the interviews with him, and he's so funny, and he's and it's a completely different character than Moss or any of these other characters that you've seen him do. He's got cigars, he's got a shotgun. It's it's just it's fantastic.
1: I, I I mean, he's always been one of my favorite performers, and I think it's because he can. A lot of people think he, he he gives a similar performance because of his voice, but he honestly gives a very different nuanced performance in most things that he does. I agree with that and, wholeheartedly. And, and Matt Berry, honestly, I know I said this earlier that he kind of gives the same performance, but Matt Berry also does the same thing because he plays very different characters. He's just really, really good at playing a specific kind of character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you look at these characters next to each other and He's got similar vocal delivery, but the, the 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 feeling behind them is different. And that that matters, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean he he Sanchez is a far cry from denim. Yeah. And and that that's a far cry from Jackie Daytona.
0: <laughs> Jackie Daytona, uh normal human bartender.
1: Yeah. I mean it also warms my heart to see that like these people have been making such quality pop culture for for so long. And. Well, like, like I said, I in watching these, especially binge watching these as as I did, I watched them in two, three episode chunks. That is not always the way to watch it. Uh, and I would highly recommend you not doing that. I think watching these episodes, especially if you're in the mood for something like this, or if you're in the mood for something lighthearted, or or preferably late at night when you're just wanting to flip something on, that's when this show I think really, really shines. Yeah. It it's parroting late night television or or late night genre television, but I think this works so well as a piece of late night television.
0: Yes. And this did air on Adult Swim at some point. It was not when I was watching mm. Adult Swim,
1: but not a shocker at all. And and again, I, I I really do. I know both. I know Tim and Eric were already at Cartoon Network. I know they were doing Tom Goes to the Mayor at this point in time. But I really, really think this had an influence on uh, Tim and Eric's live action show, and especially the Steve Bruhl stuff.
0: I wish I could speak to that, but I haven't seen enough of it,
1: you know. I mean, I'm I'm only guessing, but because of the the circles, and I think some of them have worked together hmm. before, or in the I mean, since then, I, I have a feeling that that this, if it didn't influence them, they were definitely big fans of it.
0: Actually, I take that back. Dark Place aired, made its U.S. debut on the Sci-Fi Channel in 2006
1: makes sense sci-fi would pick up some of these random shows i'm kind of surprised they picked up a six episode british show but not entirely
0: they might have they might have aired it over two nights
1: but i i had i did have a a lot of fun i'm glad that we watched this
0: and hey guess what gang this is on amazon prime right now Mm -hmm. we we could do a watch party of this entire series if y'all wanted to i'm totally down to do that i'm thinking i thought about this in the middle of the episode Maybe this would be fun. Uh, you know what? Email me, you know, email us, tweet at us. You want to do a, uh, you to do I'm a I'm down Mare- for a watch party. You want to do a Garth Marenghi's Dark Place watch party? It is literally six episodes that are half an hour each. We're talking three hours. If I'm doing my math, you're not right.
1: talking three hours, you're not. Wait, six episodes are about 20 minutes each.
0: Oh, uh, 25 minutes. I'm, I'm counting in half hours in my head.
1: OK, it's less, it's, it's less than three hours. It's
0: less than three hours, but probably slightly more because Miles and I will not shut up before we start the watch party.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you would be getting us as well as <laughs> Gotham Reggie's Dark Place. So honestly, if you haven't watched it, it may not be the best opportunity to watch the show because we will not shut up.
0: I, I'm th- I'm thinking about this now. I, I, I might do this on Thursday instead of playing a game. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, gang. We'll see. Anyway, uh, Miles, any final thoughts on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place?
1: Overall, it's a an incredibly smart, witty piece of television. I appreciate so much about what it does, even if it doesn't always work for me. I, I like that it consistently swings the fences and Works on multiple layers, and honestly, with a show like that, I don't need it to hit a hundred percent of the time. And I, you have some of my favorite performers at, at honestly at their youngest, but also at their sharpest. I think this is some of the sharpest stuff that they've done, and I, I love it. I really do.
0: Yeah, I, I adored this. It's I I remember hearing Jonah Ray talk about this show on the Nerdist podcast um, before that got uncomfortable to listen to Uh, talk about this show for years and not having a way to watch it and only hearing about it in bits and pieces. And and just all of a sudden at the beginning of August, it came to Amazon Prime and the second that it did that it's like i know what i'm doing for my birthday yes we're gonna finally watch this show and i'm glad i did because i adored it i think this show is fantastic and i have done nothing but gush on it the entire time uh which is i know wonderful to listen to because it's so specific
1: I, I'm also I'm I'm kind of surprised they haven't resurrected anything from it, but I'm also not because those guys are pretty good at letting things lie.
0: That's and that yes, they did do a, a spin-off show, a chat show called Man to Man with Dean Lerner, which I would like to watch. Uh, yes it is, it
1: is basically But that was pretty soon afterwards, too. It was in
0: 2006 Um and uh they did uh six episodes of that as well where they where the first episode is literally him interviewing Garth Marenghi, uh, but they. They they interview a number of, I think, fake people. Uh, I don't know if they're fake people, but I feel like they're probably all fake people.
1: Well, um, and, and some of the usual suspect, no fieldings in there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's you, you've got plenty of 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 the usual suspects there.
0: Yeah. And so <laughs> so. Uh, I I want to watch this now because Dean Lerner is very funny. I want to see if any of the Garth uh, live shows, the stage plays are on YouTube, because I would I I would love to I would love to find some of those things because I because that of all of the people on this show, it is interesting that Matthew Holness, who plays Garth Moringi and created this character, is the one person that I am not super familiar with. I, I'm not familiar with same, him. Same. I'm not familiar with his work outside of this. Apparently, he has been a guest actor and stuff that I have seen. But I don't. Uh, I don't remember him in these things like he was in an episode of Toast of London that I know I watched, but I I wouldn't have recognized him because I didn't see this, you know? Right. So, so that's where I would. Uh, I would like to go and 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 find some of that stuff, because. I I found this so, like, I don't want to use the term charming, but
1: just <laughs> there's there's definitely a, a a charming quality to it. And if you were if you were listening to this episode hoping to glean something a new insight from the show, sorry. Uh, and if you haven't seen this and have Amazon Prime, I I highly recommend you doing it. It's it's a a lot of fun and honestly i think we could all use a little bit more fun
0: yes yes indeed um you know did we even talk about who the chef was in that episode it was steven merchant of the office fame
1: yeah no we didn't
0: (laughs) co-creator of the office is on this show Uh, so with that said we are going to talk about what
1: we're doing maybe next week yeah, so next week we are continuing our uh, what did you call it, Drew? Our summer or uh, summer speculation? Yeah, and and tackling the one thing that we haven't done yet, and that is movies. Oh, um, I it, it's it's uh, if it was a weird year for video games, it's a very weird year for movies, and uh, is ramping up to continue to be a weird, weird year, uh, year yeah, for movies where,
0: where, where video games got pushed back because they weren't done, movies
1: got pushed back because they were <laughs> yes and, and some some I mean it's constantly changing today uh, it was announced that Hotel Transylvania is not coming to theaters Amazon bought it for 100 million dollars and is going to show it on Amazon. so yeah I mean things are constantly changing, but what's not changing is what we're looking forward to
0: so that is going to be next week gang if you would like to reach out to us you can find us at themoreunerd.com where you can find all of our past episodes of your new favorite show all 10 years of them you can tweet to us at more you can email us themoreunerd at gmail.com that's nerd at gmail.com and please do Because I kind of want to do a watch party of Garth Moringi's Dark Place while it's still on Amazon, because I don't know how long it's going to be on Amazon. So if this is something that you would be interested in doing, let us know so that I can plan it. We can get a bunch of people together. We can make some popcorn. We can have some broccoli. It'll be fantastic. (laughs) So
1: Uh, so, so until next time, (laughs) we're going to end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd out.